you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the lovely executive assistant, Olivia Heyman. Yes. Hey, guys. Today, we're talking about stances and getting healthier in your conflict style. We know that with the Enneagram, there's three stances, the withdrawing, the compliant, and the aggressive. And can I just go ahead and be aggressive and say that I like the word assertive better? Oh, interesting. Okay, so instead of, yeah, aggressive has like a bit of a negative connotation, in my opinion. Yes, and compliant doesn't, and so I'm a little jelly there. And withdrawing, I don't know. It kind of has a vibe of I'm not sure, but but aggressive is decidedly negative. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. So maybe assertive would be better or more like speaking their mind or something, like something a little bit nicer. Right. And I know I'm always reframing as a seven, but I'm noticing an inequity here. So I have to just (laughs) claim it that we're going to call that one assertive stance for today. And also admit that when we do get into trouble, we do get aggressive. So that's important. And those are the sevens, threes, and eights. So with that personality type, you also have a futuristic style of thinking. You're looking ahead and you're also thinking, I I need to make sure in order to receive my personal safety in my relationships that I'm going to have to assert my need and I have no problem doing it. And so those three types of personalities enter into marriage relationships with expectations that if things don't go their way, they'll probably be that squeaky wheel that gets a little bit louder. Interesting. So they kind of, would they almost bury it a little bit until it becomes just such a problem? Or is this something that they will constantly bring up? This is more something that will constantly erupt within them, like a volcano always spewing. But what's interesting about it is that we all present it differently, whereas threes will go more toward their deceit and say, if you're not going to meet my needs, I'm already going to be a chameleon to you. So remember, a three, I said, is one of the most romantic of all the types and will go to the ends of the earth for their person, but they will have to get that aggressive or assertive, I already messed up myself, the assertive (laughs) need out. So they will go ahead and they will just maybe do something in deceit to get the need met. So for for the aggressive or assertive types, it's important that they know that they can actually lean into the other two a little bit more. And you guys hear me talk a lot about balance. So that's the the clue for today is we're going to try to learn from each other here. But for starters, I just wanted to explain that that's how a three would work. A seven would work where if we're not getting our need met, we would really expect that. I think sevens are jaded by early experiences enough to believe that They're probably not going to get their needs met, so they're going to just go ahead and try to get their needs met anyway. And then an eight is somebody who's going to be loud and proud and more what you said, just wear it on their sleeve. This is the need out there, and I'm really backing you guys up, or my spouse, I back you up all the time, so I want to get my uh, backing as well. So they'll be more verbal and vibrant about that. But all three of those types will be more aggressive or assertive in their leanings. And it's so important that you you make it assertive and that you also learn from those who don't espouse those passions so that you don't have to always be codependent on this happening experience that you want. You want this future that's perfect. You want everything to be great. And you'll go to the ends of the earth to make that happen. You're assertive. But sometimes you have to realize self-control is important and patience is important and releasing to God because not everything is going to happen just the way you want. And I've seen a lot of people in coaching get very jaded when they've tried to get their needs met and they're a three, seven, or eight, and it's just not happening. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can... 
it's funny because it kind of does go with the types, but in some ways you're like, oh, I didn't really see them doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see that coming from a seven. Yeah, because we don't expect it from others, so we'll find our own way of going about it. So we'll think, okay, you're not going to take care of me. I already pretty much presume that, so I'm going to go ahead and carry all those plates and do all the things so I can still get where I need to go. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that that phrasing makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's really a growth point for everyone in the assertive stance is that they make sure that they are looking at poise and taking time and taking maybe even some distance and learning learning from the withdrawing people that you don't have to always go 100 or 110 percent as a three they're going 100 percent with relationships and work as a seven they're holding a lot of things so that they can have all those plates in the air and all the experiences and shape things the way they want for their future and as an eight they're trying to protect and make sure that their dynasty is protected like a general with the troops So it's really important that sometimes we release, we become vulnerable, and we just, like I said, we scale back and we say, okay, my relationship's not going the way I want it to today. What kinds of self-care do I need to do in order to make sure that I'll be okay? But it doesn't mean that our agenda is going to happen that minute. Because if you're this kind of person, you do have to realize, I heard this great movie line the other night from Mr. Holland's opus that said, and it's from a song too, that life is what's happening to you as you're going for your goals. And I'm paraphrasing. But this is really important for those in the assertive stance to hear that, that your life is happening around you even as you're going for your goals. And what's more important is the journey. And that is really hard for us those threes, sevens, and eights to hear. Yeah, especially if you're future thinking, you're like, oh dear, you Mm -hmm. might have to kind of reel her back in there, but always good. You need to be equally future thinking and thinking in the present because you know, your present affects your future, Mm, but you can't be one or the other. Loving that you said that because here I was saying, let's lean in and learn from the withdrawalers, but Olivia is coming from the compliance stance. So she knows this, that we need to be present thinkers. So the sixes, ones, and twos are in the compliance stances and you guys are present thinkers. And that does give you an advantage, I think a little bit over the other two types because you're not all in the future and you're not all in the past. If you're going to lean anywhere, it's going to be the present. But as a six, the tendency would be to think on worries all the time. As a one, it would be to think critically all the time. And as a two, yes, these guys are present, but they're thinking about relationships all the time. So the work of those in the compliance stance is to realize that not only do we have to think a little bit about the past and the future, not just the present, but also for them in their present thinking to think, okay, wait a minute, what is happening that's something outside of my worry. And we said earlier for a six, a great way to be, and I said this in the the episode where we did every single type, but what I really want you to remember, Olivia and other sixes, is give yourself about five to 30 minutes a day to really process those worries and fears, but then give yourself permission to be a present thinker and also balance the other two past and future with the rest of the day in mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think... I look at things for how they are now, but, and this is just my personal view, I try and look at, okay, what's happening right now? And then is this going to serve me well later on? Because for instance, if you're trying a new venture and it's just not working out, you don't want to be so much like, I'm just looking at it for today and it's it's working out right now. Mm-hmm. And 
when you look down the line, it might not be viable later on, but it might be the opposite where, okay, it's not great right now, but I'm doing this for my future. And so I think there's a couple different ways to look at that. That could go for relationships, friendships, so many different things, but I know that it can be dangerous getting into, you know, too much future, too much past. So, mm-hmm. or even too much present um, mm-hmm. where you're just like overcome with everything happening right now. Um, that balancing everything out, learning from your past, applying that to the present and looking forward to the future yes, is that really is- everything. I love that you just said that because I was going to say that. And oh, I'm really? Like, you did it. Oh yes. my gosh. No, so that's perfect because you know that you can't just stay in your thoughts all day about the present. You have to say, what does my past teach me? And as a six, when you said that, I was just grinning because I was thinking, good for her. She's learning. She can trust herself when she balances. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we all come to. And even if I'm a seven who's going to lean back into that place of aggression and assertiveness in my type, it's really important that we recognize I am so much better when I balanced. So, and lastly, the withdrawlers are the fives, nines, and fours. And those are all a little bit different in the way they withdraw. The fives are withdrawing, we've said before, because they get overwhelmed and that's their safe place and they trust themselves pretty well and their thinking and their knowledge and they know they're good at seeking information and they will seek until they find. And then the sit, the rather the four, they withdraw and they think on the past a lot. Um, so they're sitting there thinking about how in the old days things were a little more ideal because they're the idealists and they're remembering and reflecting on times when they were wounded in the past too and licking those wounds a little bit and they're withdrawing because they don't want to to be hurt again and then the nines are withdrawing because that's their place of safety and rest and they can sloth out and have peace and not have to face the fact that a lot of the time they're not heard in culture so what's really important for the withdrawing types in marriage is that they give more of themselves and insist upon it because what's really hard is when you've decided to withdraw, you've removed yourself from the relationship. And that's such a big danger. John Gottman, the number one marriage researcher out there, says that that stonewalling is the most dangerous attitude you can have in a marriage because as much as it's very convenient and we can kind of quickly excuse it and say, well, at least these people aren't chasing in the marriages. This is really even more dangerous because they're really not sharing anything at all. They've left their personhood out. I actually have a quick question. This Mm -hmm. just came to me. Mm -hmm. For those that maybe have a wing that's in a different triad than what their main type is, what would you say in terms of do they also have the stance of their wing a little bit? So for instance, if you're like, a five with a four. So there's thinking and feeling. Do they have a little bit more of like one stance than the other? Or do both of them kind of merge? They would predominate in their type, but then they would relate to that. So what's different about a five with a four and five with a six? And I've had clients in in both of these instances is fives with fours are more artsy and more in touch with their feelings. And it could be graphics design. It doesn't have to be that they're painting. It could be something that they're more of a musician. Um, It could be that they're just a deeper feeler and they're not an artist. But the five with a six is definitely going to be more technical, more troubleshooter oriented, less in touch with feelings. And as we're thinking about 
last dances in particular, less likely to withdraw and more likely to say, okay, I am going to be compliant and I'm going to be thinking through things presently and I'm going to be more practical. So a five with a four is going to withdraw even harder and find themselves more in fantasy and even wondering who am I and what what is the meaning here? So you definitely asked an amazing question because the wings influence where you're at. And what's cool about that is you really want to balance, but that gives you already balance with one. So we're back to similarities with the subtypes where you're thinking, okay, well, somebody is self-preservation and somebody's social, but how do we get them to one-to-one? And that's really how this is too, is I already, as a six, perhaps I have a five wing, so I'm already learning how to withdraw healthily. I'm already learning how to be present. Now all I need is, now if you had a seven wing too, that's beautiful because there you go with having that access to your futuristic thinking as well. And all of them don't work so perfectly. So sometimes you're really saying, wow, I don't seem to relate with future thinking at all, or I don't relate with with withdrawing at all. So I don't want to let that discourage you. I still want you to reach for these goals because there are certain cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that we we just need to do on ourselves. That just means we get to control our thoughts. We can't always control our thinking, but we can control our time management and how we're choosing to think. So you could say, I'm not naturally gifted with thinking of the future, but I'm going to force myself today and every day for about five to 10 minutes to think about where I'm headed. So that way I don't just stay in one or the two. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, would that also apply so to your your strengths and your stress or sorry, your growth and stress? Would that apply there as well in terms of maybe you have things in other triads? Would you, if you're in stress, maybe act like maybe more of a withdrawing type if you're if your stress is in that area. I mean, does it kind of go along those same principles? It sure does. And because I'll use my own as an example, as a seven in the futuristic thinking, I've told you and on past shows mentioned how I go to five, I can go to withdrawing really well. And that's why I said with my husband, he's able to know that about me and say, Krista, you can go withdrawal, go take your jog if you need to. Or when he's ready to chat, sure, go ahead and chat with me. But it's my responsibility to in marriage and individually say, is there anything missing here? Can I access it in one of my wings or I love what you added in my health or stress points and can I also honor my spouse if they don't meet me and one of the most fun things I do with couples is we go and we examine all of these points of connection and we try to find out where they relate to one another and it's a beautiful gift for them to realize even when they find a point of connection they don't really relate on and release with it's important And we have to grieve that as a group. And we say, this is something that isn't going to be probably met as neatly and as decidedly in your marriage. But let's talk about what other relationships God's given you that are safe and healthy ones that still bless your marriage and honor your marriage, but do meet that. And almost every time there's somebody else in their life that they're like, you know what? My husband does not meet me at two at all, but I have a friend who does and we are best friends and we meet every Saturday. Saturday. And that's my place where I release in that particular way. So it's a really cool thing to find out where you meet. But if you believe and understand tri-types and the stress and health arrows, and you also espouse wings, then you realize you have opened yourself up to a lot more connection with your spouse than you realize, right? Definitely. And that's so cool. I think that would be an amazing tool for premarital counseling. I mean, truly, that would probably really 
bless couples because they almost know about the issues before going into it. So there's not this jarring thing of, oh, no, I didn't know we were going to have this problem. It's like you might have a little bit more of a heads up than you would have prior. Yes, absolutely. And it's really nice when you're not judging your spouse and saying, I can't believe you wouldn't understand me here. And I'll give you a for instance, my husband doesn't relate to my six at all. So he just doesn't. He doesn't have any tri-type there. He doesn't have any connection point. His one does not have any involvement with my six. So when I go there, he's just deer in the headlights. I don't know where you're headed, woman, but I do not relate. And same with my eight wing. So where he relates to me, though, is seven, one, five is a little hard for him too, but he really relates strongly at seven and one. And two is where I don't relate to him as much. So when he goes into his helper wing, we balance each other out and I say, okay, so I'm focusing at five. I'm trying to have fun. I'm also with you on organization and order, but I'm already full. And so you're going to have to do your two wing without me. (laughs) And so he'll serve at church and sometimes I'll join him, but a lot of the times I won't because I'm already full. So it's really helpful in pre-marriage work, as you said. And when couples work with me in the course that we're offering right now, it's really a cool way that we've been able to keep some personal time in together because you can do this all on video portions. But I really love to really talk to people about this because then people really flesh in what their subtypes are, what their wings are. We get very nitty gritty and detailed and then they get to hear it all in black and white. A few things in this world still are black and white and they get to hear where does my spouse relate with me and what do I have to almost die to in this marriage that may never be. And if it does happen, it's going to be a miracle of God or it's going to be a beautiful, rare thing. Yeah, that's so special. And I know that when you understand more about people, you have, again, more grace. You're going to have more of a deeper understanding as to why they're doing what they're doing. And are they being mean or are they trying to help me? You know, like there's all these things that you literally cut off so many potential conflict areas just by understanding. You really do. And you get it and you're more respectful because you're like, you know what? One thing in your past has probably made you this way way before I ever met you. Whereas so many people who haven't done their premarital work or haven't been uh, able to experience this growth in their marriage think it's all me or it's all them. And there's just this judging attitude of self or others. And what we're really doing is saying, don't judge each other. Just understand you're different, but don't stay in those differences. Ideally, we would all be, it sounds kind of complex if you're not new, if you're new to the Enneagram and you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm basically every type when I finally access all these wings and triads and everything. But the coolest part is, yeah, you do want to be the best of everything. So as you grow, you should look more and more like a beautiful balance of all of this. And I really want to recommend that if you are one of these, of course, we all are either the assertive or the compliant or the withdrawing, that you really take a good hard look at that and ask your spouse, what is going on in our marriage? And how do you think my stance is affecting us? Because I think that's a really powerful question. And if you're two withdrawlers, I've joked about fives and nines being the perfect types before together, but those are two withdrawlers. And that's really hard. And I've seen a couple of couples come into me because they're like, we don't spend any time together. So there's no perfect balance unless you're going for it and you're saying, yeah, I'm I'm working really hard. I know naturally I'm a withdrawler, but I work hard to stay balanced. And people withdraw for all kinds of reasons. So don't blame your spouse for being a withdrawler. It's 
it's something that they started doing way before they ever met you. There's something very healthy about it. And then there's also something very unhealthy about it. I've already shared for the the compliance with Olivia's type to make sure that they don't spend too much time on worry or agreeing with others to make sure that they're not codependent and to make sure that they, as the ones and twos join the sixes with that stance, to make sure that they do things that they like doing, not just because they want to be givers and helpers and change the world and make it right, but because they're taking a break from thinking about relationships or um criticizing or worrying. They're just enjoying and they're living in the present and enjoying it. And then for those that are in the assertive stance, make sure you guys are not chasing around. And that's like I said, where I have seen so many people have the worst marriage experiences and even domestic cases where somebody has been hurt or a child has seen an adult getting hurt and is burned into their memory forever. I've seen a marriage completely dissolve because somebody accidentally got hurt who was in the assertive stance. So it's really important that you remember that you are not in an emergency, even when you and your spouse are fighting, that you really have to understand that after 30 minutes of um, rest, you'll be a lot better off. So just going and taking that little time out, telling your spouse, I love you. I'll see you later. I have to go chillax because I'm over the top right now. Or we, you could use we language. And then making sure that you do come back and address it. And each time you do come back, make sure that you're taking enough deep breaths. A very cool thing is that there's even people that do breathing therapy where it's all about breathing. But what I'll just breathe share for those in this assertive stance that others can use too just to get themselves out of that worry or even as they're fading out those nines when they're in that withdrawing where you just breathe and it takes that minute in your body to refresh to recharge and it tells your body keep delivering oxygen to my brain to my heart and to all my extremities so that I'm telling my body and even Olivia mentioned the gut in a prior episode my whole body is hearing the same message I'm okay And my brain that is very remote from the earliest stages of life is hearing the same message. My chest is hearing the same message. I'm okay. And these deep breaths are sending that message. So I just want to remind everybody to stay in their breathing, to stay four seconds in and four seconds out. Just that long, deep breath in and out when you're having that experience of being too hardcore in your stance and seeing your marriage just fade away right before your own eyes. That's going to bring such life to you, as is our course coming up. So Olivia is going to share a little bit about that with you guys right now because we have something right on the heels of our podcast, which is for you who are kind of stuck and really needing help. Yes. So this course is going to be so exciting. It is called Energizing Your Marriage Through the Enneagram. Just My Type is the formal name, but basically that's what it's going to be about. And so many of you guys have actually written in the Instagram saying, hey, you know, this is my struggle. I need help. Or what are some tips? And this course is kind of going to be a culmination of all of that saying, we hear you, we understand, we want to give you really practical tips for you to live out day to day in your marriage. So you can take this with your spouse or alone. Either way is totally fine. But you're going to have the opportunity to sit one-on-one with Krista, whether that's Zoom, you could potentially live in Florida, live near us and be able to come in, 
or it can be through a phone call. And you're going to get that one-on-one time that is similar to one coaching session that you'd get with her if you did live here. So it's going to be that format, but we're also going to have videos for you if you are like me and a visual learner. (laughs) I love being able to actually go back and look at the videos a couple of times and take notes. So that's going to be great um, access for you to have that and look back on, especially if a problem arises while you're doing this and you're like, oh, I remember she did a video on this. So you can go back and look at that. We're going to have webinars for you. It's going to be really intensive and not in a not in a too much kind of way, but it's going to get detailed. And that's what a lot of you have been asking for is details and really specific tips. So what's great is if you are someone that wants specific tips for maybe like, you know, a two and a four or whatever, and you're like, I just need something specific, this is going to give you that. So it's going to have um, more generalized things for the actual course, but that one-on-one time is going to be super individualized. So that is going to be rolling out here really soon and you can keep up with our Instagram. We're going to have all of the information there for you. You can find it at the link in our bio. You can also find it on enneagramofmarriage.com or reflectioncc.com. Thank you. You did an amazing job with that. I don't think I have anything left to say about that. Beautiful. And I'm so excited to meet you guys. I don't get to open up my cart that often because I have to focus and concentrate and just be present with those clients I already have. And I love my job so much because as a seven, it's always a new story. We love synthesizing information, helping people to just create amazing life journeys and plans. And I've had such great relationships with my clients that they are just so I don't know how to even explain it. Dear to you. Dear. Thank you. That's a beautiful Louisa May Alcott kind of a term. (laughs) I love it. They're dear to me. So I look forward to meeting you if we're the right fit to work together too. And I can't wait. So you know I'm a future thinker. I'm already thinking about it, but I am here presently with you right now and have so enjoyed our time today. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, we can't wait to see each and every one of you hopefully in this course, just re-energizing your marriage for this new decade. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.